Welcome to Back of the Grid for the Brazilian Grand Prix. My name is Chris Evans and I'm joined by Tom King. Hello. And by Stu Greenwood. Hello. Um, it was another really good race, I think, wasn't it? Um, we've been treated to quite a few this season. Um, it wasn't simply lovely for Verstappen, but we will get there in due course. Started <laughs> uh, qualifying. Qualifying was actually fairly eventful um, in itself. Um Hamilton had a couple of weird sort of incidents near misses um, in within a few laps of each other. Um, the worst one probably with Sorokin, where they came very close to having a huge accident um, in the final corner. Um, it initially looked like Sorokin was on a flying lap and Hamilton had got in his way, but it actually turned out they were both on outlaps, but Sorokin had just kind of decided he wanted to be ahead of Hamilton um, in the process compromising both of their starts of their laps because they arrived yeah. at turn one basically together um, I, on first glance it looked a lot like Hamilton was on the way for a grid penalty but um, I think the view was just taken that it was a bit of a misunderstanding and they both had their laps ruined let it go I guess yeah Sorokin was fairly chill about it all mm. <laughs> he was like yeah i went to go that way and then i guess he saw me and he's a world champion so he knows what he's doing so i'm not bothered mm. like okay but, yeah <laughs> so that's me, like pretty much what he said after qualifying so the, yeah they, they they just i think they just made the exact same decision at the exact same time didn't they unfortunately yeah. that was that was the thing. yeah basically why why Sorokin is going down the inside and going off the racing line to go inside of him anyway. I don't know because he was already there was already a bit of room that was always going to appear. Mm. So it seemed like a weird incident to me. I, fe- I felt like all this talk of Hamilton grid penalty is he going to get in trouble is a bit wishful thinking. A little bit, yeah. And I mean, even if he had gone flying past him, he'd have been coming into the final corner offline which would have totally compromised offline. the start to his next yeah. lap anyway so i'm not sure what he hoped to gain there really yeah there i think it was just i think it stems from i think it just takes them a little bit longer to get their tires into the right place yeah. for the lap so he would have wound up the lap a little bit sooner than hamilton and maybe maybe he expected hamilton to have already done the same and turned out he hadn't <laughs> yes could have been really nasty that um yeah. There's a similar thing with Raikkonen at the pit exit. Um, Raikkonen sort of... Was Raikkonen actually on a flying lap for that one? I haven't quite been able to tell. Um, uh, well, he can't have been if um, if there was no penalty or anything like that. I don't yeah, I guess be. not. If anything, I think that one was slightly worse on Hamilton's part because he seemed to just be dawdling in the middle of the track a little bit, which is not where you need to be in qualifying when you're not on a flyer. Um, it, it was one of those sessions where... It, it, it was the kind of conditions that that there were were causing a bit of craziness, weren't they? Overall, like yeah. there was that threat of rain. They've all got spots of rain on their visors. They're all a bit worried about not getting a decent lap in. So everyone's panicking. Everyone's trying to get past everyone else, and it all it turns into rush hour on the tube almost, doesn't it? Yeah, all a little bit on edge. Yeah. Um, Vettel was also very much on edge. Um, <laughs> he got called into the Weybridge. Um. And when he turned up, there was a cone in front of it, which he um, drove into and barged out of the way. Um, he then drove onto the way bridge. And it, originally, people were saying that he didn't switch his engine off. It looks like he may have actually switched his engine off because they can yeah, now. He did. Because they can restart yeah. the cars themselves these days with the um, the battery power. Yeah. Um, but then he, after that, he then drove away um, under his own steam, which you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to wait to be pushed off them. Uh, in the process, ejecting the uh, rear bits of the Weybridge from the back of his car at high speed. Uh, luckily, not hitting anyone, but um, destroying yeah. them in the process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and it's the reason you're supposed to be pushed off it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's precision equipment. It is precision equipment, and you don't want to be sending it flying behind you at high speed. No. The other thing he did, which I, I know you didn't like, Chris, was he drove at someone, didn't he? He also yeah. did, yeah, drive at an FIA employee 
yeah, Stuart, he's trying to move the cone and he was like driving at him while he was yeah. still Yeah, to which move is... It. It's just a bit petulant, isn't it? Really, it's. Well, I, I don't, yeah. Was he trying? Was he still trying to move? I don't thought he. I thought yeah. he was just. He was. Sort of he was stood in front. He was yeah. stood in front of the front wing, trying to move the cone, and Seb right. was like, edging touching the throttle him. and edging yeah. towards him, like, and obviously the team radio comes back afterwards, and you can hear him in about three different languages <laughs> telling him to move. Yeah, yeah, get out of the way, Jeff. <laughs> I love yeah. how he does that when he's angry. He just switches between languages on the fly. I think yeah, I, I wish think I he did Italian, German, and English as different like different ways of saying move, get out of the way. Yeah, and he yeah. swapped between all three. Schnell, schnell, schnell. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is very impressive. Vamos. <laughs> I remember seeing a video of Rosberg once, um, uh, like in the interview pen, and he w- he just sort of like walked one person, spoke in English, turned to the next, immediately switched to German. Next person immediately switched to Italian. I think he did like four or five different languages in a row, just like switching like that it's like the the mental capacity to do that i mean yeah it's pretty impressive it's a modern f1 driver though i guess isn't it mm-hmm. um so yeah vettel for his trouble uh got landed with a twenty-five thousand euro fine um presumably mostly to pay for the equipment that he broke um <laughs> it is precision equipment it is precision equipment um some people say maybe he should have got an actual penalty um i I don't know. It was good for the weekend that he didn't and was able to start on the front row. Um, yeah. But, but there we go. Uh, also of note in qualifying was there Charles Leclerc in Q2. Um, after telling his team it was raining because they said, come in, he said, no, I want to have one more go at this and just smashed in a lap on a slightly damp track and popped up in. Was it P6 or P7, I think he appeared. I think I think it was 8th, was it? It was enough to get it was through. It enough anyway, least, yeah. He, anyway. Was, he would have been out otherwise. Um, which was, I mean, A, it's an impressive lap, and B, it's just impressive that he has the the wherewithal just to say, no, I think I can do this, you know, against what the team said and just, yeah, go out and do it. He's um, an impressive kid. Just just further, further reason to be excited for him in a Ferrari next year. Yeah, I still cannot wait for that. I think... Uh feels like there's a, there's a few messages to Vettel coming out of the uh, the old Leclerc camp at the minute. Yeah, quite possible. I mean, when Vettel came round to pass him during the race, he he didn't make it overly difficult for him, but he also didn't just step out of the way and let him by, which um, was probably sending a little bit of a message as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, in the end, though, it was Hamilton that got pole position, uh, kind of against what was expected from practice, to be honest. Um which was the 100th pole position for Mercedes. Um, and a stat that I think is phenomenal is that those 100 pole positions are shared between just five drivers. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, the majority of them Hamiltons, I believe, uh, and the rest being Fangio, Moss, uh, Rosberg, and Bottas, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can tell you straight away who's got the least of those. Um, I would guess it's... Bottas must be Bottas. Sure, must be Bottas. Bottas. He's only been there two years. Yeah, probably Here's a quick question: yeah. Rosberg, then Moss. I would assume. Who do you think's better, Rosberg or Bottas? That is a very interesting question. I mean, one of them's a champion; the other one isn't. So, yeah, I, I think at this moment you'd probably say Rosberg. However, they were the kind. They were kind of at different points of the career, I guess, while they're up against Hamilton. So it'd be interesting to see if Bottas improves. Yeah, I mean, if Bottas like has as many years with the team as Rosberg did, maybe he yeah. would be at that level. But you've got yeah. to say Rosberg, I think, at this point. Yeah, yeah, I don't think Bottas will get as many years as. That was my next point. Yes, yeah, sadly, <laughs> I don't think <laughs> he will. As well. we'll never find that out. Yeah. Um, crucially, from qualifying though or crucially we thought at the time was that Ferraris managed to negotiate Q2 on the soft tyres while Mercedes and Red Bull were both on the super softs uh, which you would think would be advantage Ferrari um, but didn't quite pan out that way for them um, so going to the race uh, Bottas had probably the best start of everyone um, unfortunately I was probably the quickest he was going relative to everyone else for the entire race but <laughs> his first couple of corners were very impressive Um and then he just kind of became a roadblock from that point onwards, which let Hamilton sort of pull a lead. Um, but then Verstappen just immediately came alive, basically, didn't he? He picked off the Ferraris on consecutive laps with just two 
amazing moves into uh, turn one. Um, move of the day is going to be a tricky one this week, I think. Um, Vettel was sort of struggling from the very start. Um, we now know that I've said he had a, a sensor issue on his car, which basically meant he had to be in all the wrong settings to be able to continue, um, <laughs> which is not what you want, really. So that ex- sort of ideal. explains... <laughs> no, kind of explains his uh, poor race. Um, yeah, wasn't it a sensor? Did you say a sensor then? A sen- yeah, some kind of sensor issue is all I've said. Um, Feels like a easy thing to to say was wrong with the car, given there's hundreds and hundreds of sensors on it. It's a fairly generic term on an F1 car, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like a non-specific sensor has ruined my race. What? Yeah. I mean, could I'm not be. Sure I'd buy that, but I mean, it could mean anything, could it? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um. But yeah, the Bottas train was so slow. We had Raikkonen, Vettel, Ricardo, and even Leclerc was catching up to the back of it mm. um, by the time the Mercedes finally made their pit stops. Um, but we kind of, sadly, we're going to go into tyre talk again here. But it's it's similar to what we were saying last week. Mercedes seemed to have their their old tyre issues back because um, after they pitted and Verstappen inherited the lead, he managed to do 16 laps more on the super softs than either the Mercedes managed. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, And it's not even like he was like cruising to keep them alive he was like him and Hamilton for a while was basically trading times with Hamilton on brand new mediums and him on fairly ancient at that point super softs which I mean it says a lot for for Stappen's ability to drive that quickly and not destroy his tyres but I think it also does say a lot for how the Mercedes is treating its tyres these days Mm. yeah I I think the Red Bull takes a little more to actually start eating into those tyres generally because I think I heard from both Danny and Max after qualifying that they thought they could have done better in terms of the final Q3 spots and times mm. if it wasn't as cool as it was. And they were hoping for better work with the tyres um, come race day because it predicted to be slightly warmer. And obviously it was slightly warmer and we saw far better performance on the tyre, I guess, from, from Max yeah. specifically and Danny. So... I think there definitely must be a factor that, you know, they, they struggle a little bit in the cold, but in reality, that's a benefit to them because more often than not, they're in warmer conditions. These days, Usually yeah. when it's colder, it's it's because there's rain and you're starting to switch to winters. So generally speaking, I suppose it's a benefit to be in their position, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I just never thought of that, but if you look at the calendar now, it's definitely a, a warmer series than it used to be. <laughs> like... Yeah. Mm. Not that many years ago, most of the races were in somewhere in Europe where it was often cold and dreary. And yeah, now they're all over the place in lots of nice warm locations, of which we're about to have another one, but we'll get to that a bit later on. Yeah. Um, Um, What I find hilarious about the tyre, while we're on tyres, is is Mercedes is still banging the drum of, oh, it's not our our wheels, it's not our different wheels that we've gone back from. Yeah. What else could it be? The correlation I mean, is quite clear. It's your wheels. <laughs> yeah, those those new wheels were specifically made to help regulate tire temperatures. Yeah, so I mean, and, that, and now they don't have them, and suddenly all their tire problems have come back. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't need to be Sherlock Holmes to figure out that one, do you? <laughs> but um, but I mean, both the Red Bulls did super soft and soft, while the Mercedes and Ferraris both had to use uh, medium tyres. And in fact, one of each of those had to make a second stop as well. Mm. And Hamilton was moaning about the state of his mediums long before the Verstappen seemed to have any trouble with his softer tyres, which is, well, it's exactly how he got in the position he was really, isn't yeah. it? I mean, yeah. the state the state of his front, I think it was his front right or front left? No, it's front left. Um, at the end of the race, it had a blister running basically the circumference of the tyre. <laughs> it was all the way around it. So he, he was, he was even so much grift. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, by the time Verstappen finally did pit, he still came out behind Hamilton, um, but it only took him four laps to get back behind him and pass him. Uh, before they even got to turn one, I mean, when's the last time you saw a Renault engine car just breeze past the Mercedes engine car on mm. the straight before you even get to yeah. the corner? And he yeah. really um, did breeze past as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, completely. It was one of those where you get past so quickly the other car has got time to get in your slipstream, catch yeah. up a bit and have a go back at you. Yeah. Um, I think Hamilton did get a little bit unlucky with the back markers, but... It was inevitable. It was inevitable, wasn't it? It was, it? It was happening, yeah. if not that I wonder lap, if it in was, the next couple. 
Yeah, I wonder if it was also maybe partly a traction thing from from previous corner, just Max being able to get such a better launch out of it. Yeah, totally. yeah it, gives him the, it gives him the run so much earlier, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I, which definitely it. helps. Yeah, that's that's a testament to just the grip that they've got compared to the Mercedes. Yeah. Or the, the way they've got that car set up, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and then we get to lap 44, and now we, we get into the, the meat of the episode, I guess. Um, <laughs> Ocon... Pitts comes out on super soft. He's all the way down in 16th after a not a great race. Um, he spent, I think, a lap or two behind uh, Verstappen because he came out just behind him. Um, got on the radio, said that I'm faster, can I unlap myself? Team said, go for it. Um, I mean, Verstappen was almost certainly saving his tyres at this late stage in the race anyway. Hamilton wasn't really looking like threatening his lead. Um, so he tried to go around the outside of Verstappen in turn one, which obviously becomes inside for turn two, uh, and they make contact, both end up spinning, uh, and Hamilton retakes the lead. Um, Verstappen's car had some pretty significant floor damage. Um, I think Ocon mostly got away with damage, but obviously it completely ruined Verstappen's race, dropped him to second. Um, They obviously both blamed each other. Verstappen was Hmm. livid, to put it mildly, I think. Um... I mean, whose fault was it? Whose fault do we think it was? I'd, I think they were both equally to blame. I think oh, I'm, I'm glad you said that, Stu, because I was going to say I'm going to be boring and sit on the fence and say it's like six of one, half a dozen of yeah. the other. I think they're both as bad as each other for it. I think they both need a strong word. I'm going to start with Verstappen and we'll get to Ocon in a minute. Okay. So Verstappen, just leave room. Just leave, You know where the car is. Just leave room on the right-hand side. There was loads of other moves being made just like that. If if ten, if 20 cars can get around that sequence of corners and all get around without no one spinning out, then why can't two cars fit through there, you know? There was yeah. totally space. There was, it, could have just, it could have easily left space for Ocon. It's that he's got that immature attitude of, I'm, I've got more right to be here than you. I'm going to stick my elbows out and I'm going to not make I'm 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 going to make a point. That's what he was doing. He was making mm. a point. I don't yep. want you to go past me. And it's the wrong attitude. Yeah, to that point Ocon said on Twitter and Instagram or something afterwards that he did that same move seven other times in the race and it was fine. It was only with Verstappen that he ends up in contact, which yep. uh goes to that point. Yep. Um, yeah. Um and on Ocon Ocon could have backed out of that corner before they got to that corner as well. Ocon mm. was so I think Ocon's in a bit of a desperate situation at the minute. He's fighting he's fighting tooth and nail for a drive for that Williams drive. Um he's under a lot of pressure and I think he he was racing other people further up the road as well uh, who were obviously in the midfield battle, quite a tight midfield battle. So yep. he, he did need to get in front of him in order to regardless of whether Verstappen was going to get ahead of him or not, he needed to get ahead of him for that period of the race in order to get closer to the cars ahead. Um, so Ocon, it was, yeah, it was desperate. He, he should have known better. He should have backed out of it as well. They both, it was just so stupid, the whole thing. It I don't was. know how it happened. I mean, as soon as it became apparent that Verstappen was going to fight him for the bit of track, like you say, he should have just backed out of it. Yeah, they both um, should have. They should have just both should have shown more maturity. But they're both such young drivers. They've got such big points to prove. The pair of them as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a recipe for this exact thing that happened. It was interesting actually in the uh, cool down room after the race. Um, I mean, you mentioned earlier, Tom, like uh, Sorokin kind of saying, you know, Hamilton's been around for years as a champion. He knows what he's doing, and. Yeah. I think this you kind of almost got the same from Verstappen. Like Hamilton basically said as much to him. Like you're allowed to unlap yourself. Like you had more to lose. Maybe you should have given him more room. And Verstappen yeah. didn't really have much to say to him. I think he didn't say it, there wasn't a peak from him after he said no, that. no. Said that. And I think that was that was two cases this weekend of people sort of okay, Lewis. You probably know what you're talking about, Mister Five Time World Champion. Yeah, yeah. And like it comes back to the point of. Um, what we've said a couple of times where you've seen Lewis in scenarios think I know when to pick my fights and this is not a moment to do it because Mm -hmm. like losing this fight is fine in the grand scheme of things. And that's the attitude I think Max needed in that scenario. Um, But then like, like Stu says, you know, Ocon should have had some elements of that. Like, 
definitely better places he could have done it on the circuit. But as well, when he realised Max wasn't going to give him the room, he should have he shouldn't have stayed in there. But um, there's there's an interesting thing, an interesting shot that I saw where it shows how much room Max was initially giving Ocon and how much he closed the door on him. Um, mm. Yeah. How much of a defensive of Ocon that is, I, I don't know. Like, I think Ocon's kind of tried to use the images in his well, own defense of the door was shut on me. But I think it, I think it was shut on him. I think he chopped across yeah. him to make I, a point. It, it does definitely look that way from the from the angle of sort of looking down from, from turn one to turn two. But I think as soon as Verstappen didn't give him the position in turn one and go, yeah, I'm, I've been beaten here. I think. You know that this is not. You kind of at that moment you sort of think this is not going to end well because you can see how hard Verstappen's fighting it, mm. and I think that's where maybe Ocon, if it had been a bit more switched on to it, would have gone. I need to get out of this before it goes wrong, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like you say, it was just a bit silly and unnecessary all around, really. Yeah. Um, a lot of but- opinions flying around. On it. So many opinions flying around. But I mean, at the end of the day, Ocon lost. He was currently, what, 16th at the time. He ended, I think he finished the race 14th. He was never even getting in the points. Yeah. He got a penalty for it as well. Yeah, 10 second penalty. 10 second one. Yeah. Um, Verstappen, meanwhile, loses a win. So. Yeah. I think my biggest problem with the whole thing was, was what happened after the race. Okay. I guess uh, to give the full the full context of it then, um, Verstappen. Uh, on the way as he was driving on the cool down lap said over the radio words the effect of i he'd better hope i don't find him or something along those lines Um, and he then proceeded to get out of the car and went and found him in the uh in the (laughs) waybridge room um and they said a few words to each other and verstappen shoved him around a few times basically Mm. Um, now, is that, is now, that a fair assessment of it? I think that's fair. I think now that to me, obviously, it's very unsporting to be shoving him around because you, he's already been, he's already had his penalty. He's already. Think, I mean, I suppose the penalty yeah. for Verstappen is that he's he's lost the win of a race, but it only takes they're on they're they're raised up, they're off the ground. It only takes one wrong footing, and and someone hitting their head and. You know, you've you've ended someone's. You you could you could he could have. This is going to sound really extreme, right? But he could have killed him pushing him around on those scales. And I know they've just been driving around at hundreds of miles an hour at a track. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, look at look at Michael Schumacher. He was doing something that he loves doing. He was skiing, and he whacked his head, and now he's in a coma. And it only takes it takes it can take the smallest things, and. And you know you, you can you can yeah. really really ruin things for people, and I mean, you, you shouldn't be being violent with people. It sends out the wrong message. No, that's obviously an extreme scenario, and in all likelihood yeah. that wouldn't have happened. No, obviously it is. That's why you just there's no excuse for getting physical with someone. Yeah, like I don't just care. in like, life in general. Like yeah, <laughs> I mean I've seen people say, oh you know it's it's good to see a bit of passion and like it's heat of the moment or whatever. He had 20 laps in that car to cool down. Yeah. There's a long time. There was no, yeah. that like people compared it to when DC and Schumacher came yeah. together in spa or when Irvine and Senna had a coming together where Senna tried to kick nine bells out of him. Um, and as, as much as I also would, never condone getting physical with the driver in those situations both of those they literally had the incident got out of the car and reacted there and then yeah. so you can almost to a point put it down to adrenaline emotion whatever in this case he literally had 20 laps in the car to call down said on the way in basically that he wanted to go and find him and then went and found yeah. him like it's, it's just not on point to prove isn't it it's immature it's just mm, oh, yeah, it I've, I've got something to say to everyone take me serious i'm the hard man i'm in charge here everyone be scared of me it's ridiculous it's and- yeah, I, i'm with chris a little bit on this one as well where it's not 
condoning your other incidents of it in the past like the most famous one that always comes to mind for me other than the ones that you've already mentioned is the pk one i think it's yeah is it salazar or someone where they take (sighs) each other out in the chicane and he literally tries to kick him um and like around the helmet and everything pushing each other around yeah Yeah, and like someone in a helmet is always a great idea yeah Yeah. and those scenarios are like they're really hot-headed spur of the moment Rage that's immediate things. after that. That's but, like adrenaline's pumping. Yeah, still, and it's, like, it's not to defend them and criticize Max and like and that kind of thing. But the fact that they're like jumping doing. out of the car <laughs> and it's happening. No, but I'm just saying like the fact that they're jumping out of the car and it's happening is yeah, one you're thing. Right, you're right. The fact I agree that he's sat in a car for 20 laps or whatever it was, and then openly on the radio said, "If I find that guy, he's yeah. going to get some." Then gone and found him, and then done it. Just shows that he's be, he's been on his mind and he's been he's been premeditated since well, the yeah, incident. It's, it's, it's been stewing over it for yeah. 25, 30 minutes, hasn't it? And yeah, it's that's not the thing. The attitude you can have in a sport like that in any I mean, sport and well, you, unless you it's have... boxing then exactly yeah. fair enough. <laughs> and i mean to be fair you, you see that sort of thing week in week out on football pitches and like to a lesser extent in other sports um mm. which again doesn't make it right but you can also argue that that is also like instant reaction spur of the moment stuff i just i just think f1 should be better than that i just would never I be. I was, I was genuinely yeah. shocked seeing that footage. Yeah, yeah I was. I, and let's not I, I forget, was this really is really unimpressed. Yeah, and this is the guy Red Bull are like. This is Red Bull's future. This is the guy they're pinning everything on. Like, as much as he's matured a lot over the last the last couple of seasons and this season, seemingly especially, mm-hmm. for now this to happen, it's like, is he really the guy you want? Although, having said that, Christian Horner after the race said to Sky that. Um, he basically defended him and said he's lucky that all he did was give him a shove. So I mean, yeah, well, clearly you know, Red Bull aren't that bothered by it. I think he's going to defend his 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 man, isn't he? I think behind closed doors, he probably got a bit of an earful for it because it doesn't send out a good message for Red it Bull. It doesn't. Either. Yeah, no, it doesn't at all. I mean, you can you can defend your man without condoning the actions necessarily. Yeah, but that's, that's true. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Um. Yeah, so, so for all that, uh, they obviously went to the stewards afterwards. Uh, Verstappen has been given two days of public service, um, which is actually, I think, what Vettel was given after Baku last season, I believe. Vettel had to do some kind of driver safety things, didn't he, as well? It was something like that, yeah. There was that like German GT driver or something as well, wasn't yeah, it? That, was that had the one, same thing. Like yeah. you have to go around to karting tracks and tell yeah. everyone you're a naughty boy and not to do it. I love yeah. that one. And you have to take the full car and set up with you. As yeah, well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Look, here is my car that I did bad things in. Yeah. So yes, that that yeah. was all a very unfortunate shadow over what it's was just, otherwise a. Go on. Just just on just on the fact just finally they yeah. did actually there is footage of them having shaken hands there in is, the paddock yes. afterwards so you know although obviously sparks were flying things move fast in the world of Formula One so that every I think it looks like everyone's probably already over it anyway hopefully that's <laughs> a line drawn under it because yeah. I don't think anyone wants to really be talking about this any longer yeah, than it has to long. no um yeah well all that was going on hamilton actually managed to hold on to win uh despite massive engine troubles um mercedes have since said that on lap 28 um the engine the sorry the power unit engineers um basically said his engine's failing on the next lap they were that concerned by it Mm. um and they obviously had just turned everything down and they are not entirely sure how that engine made it to the end uh, but it did. Um, Hamilton managed to. In fact, Hamilton has now, for the first time in his career, got a pole position and a win after he's won a championship, which is a, a yeah, nice broken, little, uh, broken his duck, hasn't he? Finally, yeah. yeah it's only taken uh, five tries, but he's finally done it. Um, Mercedes wrapped up their fifth consecutive constructors' title uh, just to uh, shut us up, who are all saying that we think Ferrari might give him a run for the money. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd also take this moment to hold my hands up and say a few races ago, I said that everybody, uh, mechanics and stuff included, will celebrate the drivers way harder. Stu, you disagreed with me. I have been proven wrong. Yeah. <laughs> they were, if anything, they were celebrating even more. Yeah. Um, so I'll hold my hands up and say I was completely wrong there. <laughs> um, 
but yeah five constructors in a row it's not not bad going is it not, not at bad all. at all it's a very special moment for everyone who works there isn't it it's, it's such a huge achievement to do it in a row as well especially is just yeah they must have their eyes on the older the ferrari record well i mean they only need to do one more and they've beaten the ferrari record that ferrari yeah. achieved with schumacher haven't they yes so, of course they will won't they yeah because they they got five in a row so they've equaled that record now and then it wasn't there was a gap of a couple of seasons i think where schumacher who it was uh it, alonso, alonso took over didn't he it was hacking yeah. before him yeah and then, afterwards. and then he did five and then alonso won two so there was only uh, five for, unless i'd have to dig it up and check i don't know if renault won the constructors the years alonso won the title but i'd guess they did because it was a fairly decent car at that time wasn't it uh yeah to, to put it lightly <laughs> yeah um there's a nice little bit of footage knocking around of uh hamilton talking to a bunch of the engineers mechanics and stuff uh after the race sort of just like giving them like a thank you and we're awesome kind of speech um and he said at the end he said to them uh like what we've achieved is legendary and you are all legends and i want you to all look in the mirror every morning and say that to yourselves <laughs> <laughs> so um just just to clear up on that previous point um, 1994 was Schumacher's first world championship, followed by a second one in 95. Then 96, Damon Hill, 97, Villeneuve. 98 and 99 was Mick Hakkinen. And then 2000 to 2004 was Schumacher's five in a row. And then five and six were Alonso. Yeah. So, yeah, one more, and I guess Mercedes will have taken yet another yeah. record. Yeah. Um, they, they are tumbling, aren't they, those records with this team? They really are. It's considering i mean obviously you can trace them all the way back through like braun and bar and honda back to tyrrell i think but in terms of the actual mercedes name like what they've achieved in the amount of seasons they've been in the sport is yeah like that, i think that's that, the thing the time frame for me is the most special thing about it yeah it really yeah. is um, i mean having one of the biggest car manufacturers in the world behind you yeah. obviously helps a lot in this sport it but even hurt, so can it? <laughs> i mean Lots of other big manufacturers have come and gone and not got one championship, let alone five. Mm. Um, uh, a lot of had... very talented people there. Um, behind all that, uh, Raikkonen and Ricardo both managed to get by Bottas, um, dropped him back to fifth, and Vettel back to sixth. He finally finished. Uh, Ricardo came really close to stealing the podium from Raikkonen, but just ran out of laps in the end. It was really good drive from Ricardo actually to recover mm. from. Where did he start? He was quite a way back, wasn't he, I think? Yeah, he started... Daniel Ricciardo started... Where is he? 11th. Yeah, Pretty good, 11th to 4th. Not bad at all. Not a bad run. He's good at that, isn't he? He's good at the old overtaking. He is. It's, uh, it'd just be nice if we actually had him. He either seems to start from the back and make the end of the race, or he starts near the front and doesn't make the end of the race. <laughs> yeah. I That's really hope for his last race at Red Bull, he manages to finally get that together and actually get a decent result. Because <laughs> sadly, I don't think we're going to see him on, on the podium next year, and maybe not even the year after that. So it'd be nice to let him have one more visit. Hulkenberg uh, retired from the race. Um, I'm not sure exactly why. In the end, um, he they didn't really say. He just pulled with the garage and gave up. Um, but somehow, despite not finishing the race, he's still no guaranteed to be best of the rest. He is. Formula 1.5 driver's champion now um, I think because all the other people also had pretty poor races uh, so congrats to him on winning Formula 1.5 um, <laughs> he's had a weird season as well he's had like a, he either retires or does really well kind of season so obviously that's what we need in 1.5 yeah um, <laughs> other retirement was Ericsson who um, we should mention actually Ericsson had an amazing qualifying to uh, be sixth best of the rest one of the yeah. he beat Leclerc he beat his teammate he did one of the first times in a while he's really come alive since he found out he was losing his drive actually hasn't he yeah the yeah, irony I think IndyCar have actually come out of this whole situation with a hell of a driver um, I think he's mm. going to do really well in IndyCar um, yeah. but yeah sadly from sixth he lost four or five plays in the opening lap bouncing off almost everyone in the process um, and there were just bits of Sauber being spread across the entire circuit um, until it just became literally undrivable and he had to retire, which was a shame. Um, which were the only two retirements, actually. We normally have a lot yeah. more here, um, as we'll see when we get to our predictions a bit later on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that's the bulk of the things worth mentioning race-wise, really, wasn't it? 
Um, the Hasses both had a decent race to get back up into the points from a, a not a great uh, qualifying, I believe. Uh, Leclerc ended up best of the rest yet again. Um, and the uh, two Torosos had a good old squabble all race and were arguing over who should be letting who through at one point. Um, <laughs> and in the end, neither of them got a point. So didn't really work out all that well for them. Mm. Um, shall we move on to driver of the day? Yes. Yeah. Um, thoughts? Because I'm I'm not sure who to go for this week. Mm. Well, I mean, <laughs> I've only just found out about the Hamilton engine situation. So for him to come away with the win despite yeah. that and, you know, overheating tyres all over the car and... <laughs> I suppose he looked into the win a little bit, didn't he, because of Verstappen, but you've got to be in it to win it. So, mm-hmm. But then, you know, it's a bit boring giving it to Hamilton, isn't it? Oh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's won the championship already. Let's not let's not let him get big eh? day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, D- Danny Rick was a potential candidate for me. Yeah. Just fighting his way back through to where he did. Some very nice overtakes, which might come up in another section of the show. Yeah, Van Dorn actually had a really good race to start in last. He finished 15th and made some pretty good overtakes mm. on the way. Yeah, I mean, but... ordinarily, I'd you'd talk about Verstappen, but given what happened after the race, I just can't go near him for that, no way. unfortunately. Yeah. No, no, no. It, even during the race. But that's not driver... The driver of the day has a, you know, performs well on the day he performed badly on the day yeah. and that's why he lost this race if you he don't make contact had, with someone else do yeah. you all he had to do was leave him room that's all he had to do and he would have yeah. won the race I've got no sympathy for him none no same yeah. um, um, I, I'm with uh, I'm with Tom I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm I, leaning towards Ricardo. that that Ricardo. honourable mention Phil Leclerc probably is best of the rest yeah that was a good drive as well but I think Van Dorn deserves an honourable mention as well but I will I'll go with the crowd and we'll give it to uh, yeah. Danny Rick yeah. Leclerc will get Leclerc will get plenty next season. So. I yeah, think so. Exactly. We should really go back over this season and work out who's won the most drive of the day and move of the days because I reckon Ricardo will be well up there on that list. Yeah, yeah. Ricardo and Claire yeah. will probably be the uh, the drive of the day yeah. champion. We'll, we'll uh, do that for the season review. Yeah, we will yeah. do. Um, move of the day, plenty of those. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what have we um, got there? We got there was Verstappen's. Back to back laps passing Räikkönen and Vettel were both really good moves. Yeah, the... um, there was some really good race between Räikkönen and Bottas. Actually, it, th- the best of it didn't actually result in an overtake, but two or three times in the race they found themselves together and had some just really good wheel to wheel stuff. Mm. I, um, I really enjoyed got... a little exchange between Ricardo and Vettel. Um, it was down yes, into turn one. Kind of little bumper wheels. Ricardo took yeah. it into turn two. Yeah, Bell like fought that. back at him around the outside of three and then nearly came at him again in four, but Ricardo made sure he kept the door shut and kept the line yeah. on the inside. Like it was a battle that went from literally the start finish line to the exit of four and into turn five. Like that that was a highlight for me, just going through multiple corners through that first sector. I think just the way you've described that alone has sold me on it. Yeah, I'm absolutely sold. I, as you were describing, you described that really well, and I was replaying the whole thing through my head. And yeah, that's that's absolutely got my vote. And why not give uh, Ricardo move of the day as well? There's no fear of Ricardo yeah. being added. This. Season. <laughs> um, I will mention a couple of Van Dorn had as well. Van Dorn and Alonso had their own fight over last and last but one for a while. Um, and he put a really, really nice move on Alonso into turn one, um, and he passed Stroll towards the end of the race as well, which is really good. Um, but yeah, that Ricardo one can't can't look past that. I don't think. Yeah, that's definitely got my vote. And then finally for the awards. Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? Well, it's just obvious, isn't it? I mean, it's, do we even need to hmm. say what it is? is it- uh, well, I mean, kind of, because it's, it's, I suppose it's one of two things involving the same person. It's attitude after race or it's attitude during race, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's true. I mean, the, whole, the whole scenario, just combine them both into one big thing. Yeah, <laughs> just all yeah, of it. Just the debacle that was Verstappen's uh, incident. Yeah. Mm. Ocon, you've got off very lightly here, because <laughs> ordinarily you may well have been picking this one up, but I mean, it's just, just all, all that Verstappen situation, as you say. Yeah, yeah. I, I I still point the finger solely at the start. I've said it a few times now. I still, I, it's his, his own fault. It's his own, he just just leave room. He knew he was there. 
in just leave situation. Room. Just leave room for the back man. It makes no difference to you, and you've got so much to lose. Just leave room. Well, episode title. <laughs> I was just about to say the same thing. Just leave room. Well, talk, talking about uh, all of that situation, um, let's get to a, a very packed inbox that's full of yeah many opinions this do a, week. Do a whole podcast on just these. <laughs> uh, well, first one is Emmett Nugent, who said, um, Ocon's totally at fault. I'm not a big Verstappen fan, but when you go to unload yourself, um, I, I think, think that means unlap yourself. Unlap yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Spell correct. <laughs> there. For, when you for, go to unlap yourself, keep you on your uh, toes. <laughs> you, need to, you need to make sure it's done carefully and you didn't do not impact the leader. It's why we have the blue flags and the lap cars get compromised at the lead car's priority. If Ocon unlapped himself cleanly, then there would be no issue. Are we mm. really saying that Max should have let Ocon through and then travel in his dirty air with Lewis so close behind? Be realistic about it. Nobody would have stood for that. My answer to that is yes, that is what we're saying. We're saying Max should have let Ocon through because if it's happening, it's happening. Yeah, he was already alongside him. He should have left him around. <clears throat> and I don't think Ocon would have been hanging around in front of him that long with the the way that he was faster than him behind him anyway on the faster yeah. tires. Like, although it's not a faster car, you know, so, at you that know, point at, in time, at, it at is. that point at time, exactly. Perfect words yeah. for it. Yeah. And in t- in terms of blue flags, uh, you know, I don't I don't mean to sort of pick up on it, but like. <sighs> you're unlapping yourself you don't need there's blue flags are for the car that's catching up the lead car catching up to a back marker they're not for they're not there to stop the back marker unlapping themselves so the, the black, yeah. blue flags are kind of irrelevant in this situation if he if he unlapped himself and then just sat right in front of him yeah. then blue flags are hoy but I'd, I'd like you say I think he would probably have just pulled away out of interest could you not technically use a blue flag the other way as well because blue flag is faster car approaching and to let them by isn't it technically it it is yeah so technically you could use it the other way around we'd have to fact check that one I think yeah that might need some research like that's how it works in say qualifying and stuff doesn't it but obviously Mm. it's a different session so I guess it's context of the session but yeah worth worth considering worth a glance I mean there probably would have been a few black and white flags waved (laughs) yeah (laughs) if uh (laughs) if that battle had carried on. Aaron Griffiths, Max may not have caused the incident, but he definitely put himself in a position where an incident could occur. Very similar to Vettel's recent incidents. The matter of Ocon being lapped, being a lap car is irrelevant. Max had more to lose and nothing to gain by putting the car there and thus suffered the fate of a poor choice. Yep, absolutely agree with you. Yep. Uh, Craig Collier said Max is totally at fault. Why should Ocon be the f- uh, Why should Ocon be the faster car, but hold behind him for so many laps? I know Max would probably have overtaken him back eventually, but at the time, Ocon had every right to try to unlap. Max should have left room. I'm pretty sure everyone else in first place would have left room to stop this from happening. Yeah, and someone like Lewis coming out and basically saying that's what you should have done, mate. Exactly. Yeah, shows that they probably would have. So, uh, Katie O'Brien says, um, I think if Max had behaved himself, then probably would have gone in his favour. However, bearing in mind he's driving at the start of the year and his carry on after the race, Hamilton is probably right about all this, as in referring to the chat in the cool yeah. down room. Yep. Yeah. Um, a chap called Ryan says, Verstappen could have left space. Makes no sense to take the risk with Ocon on fresh super softs and not a threat. Had he let him pass, then he would have won the race. Verstappen still has that immaturity in him. He'll change as the years go by, though, no doubt. Remember Hamilton used to get entangled with others, 2011 being a prime example. He learned it. He learned from it, though, and look at him, look at him now. <laughs> it's just about him learning to weigh up the risk-reward factor. That's a good point, actually. If you think back to Hamilton at a similar age, he probably did get in, not the exact situation, but he would get himself in sort of scrapes that were unnecessary, I think. Um, yeah, I don't think as often, though. Yeah, Not as often, no. Not, but nothing like as often. Then again, how, how many seasons do you give Verstappen before you have to stop giving him the immaturity and experience excuse? Because he's been around for a good few years now. He's done enough seasons. That's it, even though he's a young age, he's been around the sport a long time now, realistically. He's starting with 17, for goodness yeah. sake. So, yeah. Uh, 
Next, Alice, uh, Alex, not Alice, that's someone else entirely. <laughs> Alex Thompson, uh, 100% Ocon's fault. However, literally takes two to tango, brackets crash. Yes, Ocon was being a but Verstappen should just be aware of others <gasps> making stupid decisions. He isn't the only person, again, on the track. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it literally takes two to tango. It does. Crashing <clears throat> brackets. Uh, is it my turn? It's mine. I was just writing down the n- So. <laughs> um, Craig Mitchell says uh, when Lewis was speaking to the Max after the race he said to him um, you had far more to lose than from that than he did I think it's a testament to Lewis's experience and vision clearly saw it was coming from where he was and basically said he would have backed out of it um, it would have taken the loss of a few tenths or half a second but preserved the lead than take a risk I, I think that's his mindset that's caused him to be a champion this season and probably will secure more championships going forward. To me, he seems to have elevated himself above the vast majority of drivers. If I see a gap and I'm going for it, that's what the racing driver does. Um, he seems to play the long game rather than that and seems to think more than others about the implications of potential mistakes. That was an absolute monster message, wasn't it, from Craig? <laughs> well, yeah, done, well done, Tom. <laughs> he's spot on, though. It's... Yeah. It's... Yeah, just a driver of his experience yeah. knows when to race and knows when to just play the long game. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's not it's a re- something really Max good, has learned just yet. Really good comment, that. Um, <clears throat> uh, Dat's Life say, I think, <laughs> this is a good one, I think that when there is a dispute on the track, drivers should be summoned into the boxing ring and left to fight <laughs> it out. Think Verstappen v. Ocon, Hulkenberg v. Magnussen, Schumacher v. DC. Um who would you like to see fight it out past and present? I mean, I'd be happy to see him fight out in a boxing ring and not in a Weybridge room. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Hamilton Rosberg would always have been a good one. That would that would have uh, that would that, have that nearly boiled one. over several times over. Yeah. Maldonado versus the rest of the, the entire grid. <laughs> yeah. Just Verstappen like in a versus... in like a tag team sort of thing where like Lewis gets to go at him for Valencia and then tag somebody else in like Massa because Massa had a few with him and then he tags somebody else in and just everyone gets to go at Maldonado yeah. for all the stuff that he did over the years. Do you know what? My money would still be on Maldonado. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, it's basically celebrity deathmatch. It kind yeah, of is, yeah. Effectively, yeah. Formula yeah. One. Just Formula One drivers. <laughs> uh, next, from someone called Thurza, uh, maybe talk about a possible scenario where two other drivers were involved. Would people still react the same? Ah. Just because Verstappen has a lot of critics and Ocon is acting like he's innocent and everything while smiling and grinning. Uh, I'm curious to know what you think. Mm, well, um, looks like it's an interesting to, point. Yeah, to me, it feels like Ocon's taking the higher ground a little bit and keep sort of trying to keep stum and just sort of you know <sighs> the smiling grinning thing is just it's just like why are you losing your head mate you know what i mean it's yeah it, yeah it's a bit of a nervous reaction for some people as well yeah. isn't it like yeah. you know when you see verstappen coming at you and he's clearly in the mood to thump you in the face maybe your nervous reaction of seeing that is just to kind of Try and laugh it off. Um, yeah. Like, what are you doing, mate? Two years on. of my life laughing and joking my head of dodgy situations. Yeah, exactly. This <laughs> is how I get through life. So, <laughs> without knowing what they've said to each other in that scenario, you're not going to know if it was like good in him or, or whatever. But I kind of don't think it was like that. Um, what I was, what I was sort of amused by in the whole scenario was the way Hartley looks over his shoulder and then just carries <laughs> yeah. on with being weird and Bottas just stands watching. Neither of them like yeah. bother getting involved at all. I mean, why, why would you? Why would you yeah. just, True, leave it, I guess. just leave True. it out? This is a bad situation of following. I want yeah. no part of it. <laughs> I, I just want you to weigh me, please. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's probably fair to say that there are certainly a percentage of people who are ready to jump on anything Verstappen does wrong but I think mm-hmm. that's true of most top drivers probably everyone except Ricardo. actually everyone, he's one of the few that everyone seems to like um, I think a lot of other drivers there's always a percentage of people that just want to criticise them regardless um, yeah I just can't see a lot of other drivers getting in that situation like like you've seen Magnussen and Hulkenberg kind of lose their call a little bit over the last couple of years um, but like a lot of the older drivers just you could never imagine it of them could you yeah and I think it comes back to another point that I think it was Stu that made it earlier on it would, but it was the one of like you've got 
Verstappen feeling a bit desperate to get a win, and you've got Ocon also feeling a bit desperate to like mm. perform because he's potentially not going to have a seat, like fighting for his seat. And I think maybe the whole situations come together out of that as well, where you maybe wouldn't even see that from both them in that in that way at least. Anyway, if it wasn't for the circumstances surrounding it, so I think yeah. Well, I hope at least it's a bit of a one-off thing and we're not going to see much more of it but <laughs> hopefully yeah yeah one other email from tom carter which was um verstappen got handed a fine of two days public service a what even is this and b <laughs> what would you have given him <laughs> yeah. um we kind of touched on what yeah, it was we, i we mean we sort of covered that didn't we yeah we, well, um, what we think it is at least <laughs> as for what we would have given him um I think you should go and teach some young karting drivers um, how wide a kart is um, <laughs> and how to judge that distance at the edge of the track when you're overtaking someone. Ooh. I think this, I'd have given him a uh, anger management course. Is <laughs> yeah, that that could help. Yeah, it's yeah. I <laughs> three hours of anger management seminars need more than that need a lot more than that to get to the bottom of that the kids I mean, got issues well I mean you don't need to spend long uh, googling his dad to see where uh, that may or may well, not have come from allegedly I was about I was about to say you, right. should, you should send him to see his dad seeing his dad did it to Montoya in exactly the same place all those years ago he did actually actually that was the last time someone being lapsed took out a leader was when his dad did it to Montoya there you go then so. <laughs> oh my goodness it runs in the family yeah. <laughs> oh no it, well, well inversely yeah inverse allegedly but... allegedly 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 yeah all allegedly no lawyers please yeah. <laughs> do we have our usual email from our usual source Tom we do have an email from our usual source um, however rather than representing Bruno Senna they've now become the Perry McCarthy Defence League um, and basically because <laughs> he needs some defence okay. yeah, apparently <laughs> ba- basically just wanted us to um, make listeners um, slightly aware of some interesting facts about Perry McCarthy that uh, we neglected yeah. to touch on when talking about his career last week so basically okay. he replaced a pay driver and Perry had to pay for his own expenses and wasn't even paid for any of his time in F1 <laughs> Um, the team owner wanted the pay driver back but wasn't allowed to have them uh, and became extremely vindictive about it. Um, he got his super license revoked and then reinstated in the space of a week. Um, his F1 debut lasted a whole 80 metres, which I think we touched upon because of a, an engine yeah. fire on the grid. Um <laughs> He had to take a second job giving out speeches to tour groups because he had literally no money to get two races and travel expenses. Um, and he was nearly killed at Spa and he had a head-on collision with one of the barriers at Eau Rouge. I mean, the, ni- the 90s weren't that long ago, but it was a very different time, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, apparently there's a lot more There's a lot more to one pair of McCarthy other than being a test driver for oh, teams and yeah. um, an F1, a uh, uh, Stig racing driver for yeah. Top Gear. Yeah, so there you go. Cool. That's good. We've we've all learned about Perry McCarthy. Shall we move on? <laughs> yeah, let's let, let's sort of <laughs> wrap up some bits of news that have happened over the last uh, week or two. Uh, biggest of all, uh, we have a new Grand Prix in 2020 in uh, Vietnam. Um, F1 uh, unveiled the circuit plans for a track just outside of Hanoi. Um, it actually looks like a pretty decent track. Look, look, looks um, like a doozy. Looks it good. It does. Like when you hear new street circuit, it doesn't fill you with confidence, but this actually looks quite nice. Um, it's partially on streets, partially on a purpose built uh, section. Um, the kind of final sector, they've sort of stole Maggots Beckett's and then the um, S's from Suzuka and then a uh, sort of mirror image of one of the corners in uh, Malaysia. Um, the, run, the run up the, the hill to Monaco as well is in there. Yeah. Yes, sorry, yeah, I forgot that. That's in there as well. Um, yeah, it looks it looks really cool. Um, there's also a 1.5 kilometer straight. Uh, they're estimating speeds of 335 kilometers an hour, which is I love fairly it. rapid. It's a setup nightmare. I love it. It is. Yeah, it's exactly what you want, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Pe- people um, are always a little dubious of when you take and copy things from other circuits, but I think they've got the right combination of inspiration and sort of making it their own at the same time, which mm. should be interesting. People. People are you, Tom. People in general. <laughs> like how many how oh, many right. people how many people say that um like Tilka just cop 
picks and lifts bits from track to track. Like it's a very yeah. popular opinion of well, a lot of his design maybe, tracks. Maybe, but he didn't do a bad job at Cota, did he? That's lifted up from all 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 over the place. That makes great racing. Yeah, that's it works there. It's the the issue I have is like you look at what was it? it was like China, Malaysia, and Bahrain were all kind of they all appeared on the calendar around a similar time, and there's just corners copy pasted between those circuits yeah. like the middle sectors and all of them are so similar to each other um yeah. i see that I, I like there's there's obviously like malaysia and the, the chinese and chinese gp and the malaysia gp like if you were relatively new to formula one and you saw one car going around the track <laughs> and the same car going around the next track you yeah. probably struggle to yeah discern which was which but and that's not, you know, I'm not generalizing countries there. I'm just saying the tracks themselves are very, very similar to, yeah, totally. to look at. I um, guess the difference with Kota and this new track is that the corners they've copied or done a homage to are corners that people actually enjoy seeing cars yeah, go around. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's it. Rather than copying it between recent builds, it's more <laughs> like yeah. things that are considered classics, I guess. Which is, I think, why people like that that section at Kota because it's it's very much maggots and beckets i think um that or the s's at japan but they're, they're similar in some ways yeah, i guess i think, aren't they? I, think yeah. s's, I think they were going more for s's in japan than maggots beckets there but um it still looks great it, it looks does. really 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 good really challenging for the engineers obviously very challenging for the drivers it'll be with the with the cell they'll be very low downforce because of that huge straight mm. um much like they are in baku and we all know how great Baku's been this last two years. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, Jensen Button uh, and his teammate Nikoi Yamamoto have won the Super GT title in Japan uh, at Jensen's first attempt at it, which is pretty good going. Um, it's really good going. They uh, they just about clinched it by a couple of points by finishing third. Um, he's the first rookie driver to win it since Toyota Kage back in 2005. That's a name that you may remember if you've been watching F1 for a good a number time. of years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's quite a few F- former F1 drivers in that team. There are, yeah, series, it's a, aren't they? It's a decent Kobayashi, series. That Heike Kovalainen's in there. Yeah. Yes, and he was very happy about it. He said it's uh, one of the toughest championships he's ever raced in, uh, and he's. So it's just as big as his Formula One title, which sounds like something you'd say when you're surrounded by people yes, who would like you to say that. <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> if he entirely believes that, but there we go. Uh, congratulations, Jensen, though. Yes, indeed. You know what, though? Um, they, they live, these guys, they live to win. They live to win races true. and they live to win championships. So winning any in that championship moment. in that moment, yeah, when you've yeah. won it. And it's hard work. It's still hard, a lot of hard work. So when, when you get that payoff, I'm sure it's absolutely fantastic. Um, Fernando Alonso has confirmed that he is going to be entering the Indy 500 uh, next year um, with a McLaren entry um, it, from what they've said it looks like McLaren are actually going to be putting together their own team for this um, rather than last time he entered where they only had a handful of McLaren personnel in a repainted Andretti um, hmm. it seems like Andretti are still going to be providing the backing for it Um They've said as much on Twitter, basically. Um, it is expected that they are going to be having a Chevrolet engine rather than a Honda, given McLaren's recent uh, dealings with Honda. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's going to be having another pop at the Indy 500 to try to clinch the old trip crown. Um, I would argue the hardest part of the three that he has left, and I'm not sure if he's ever going to manage it, but it's fun to see him trying at least. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pumped for that. Should be good. Yeah, should be really good. I might actually watch a whole one this time, first time ever. A few oh, years I've said I'll do that, and I've never managed it. But this maybe this year. I'm not sure I could watch a whole one, but <laughs> we'll, we'll try. <laughs> uh, and then finally, we have a little bit of uh, driver news. Um, Pietro Fittipaldi, who is the grandson of uh, former F1 champion Emerson Fittipaldi, uh, has got the Haas test driver role. Um, he is is he currently in GP3, I believe. Um, no, this. he's um, he is doing Formula uh, Three. Oh, is he Formula? He's F3. not even. He's not even in that this season. Um, he did. He, he did a he's race. Definitely... At, I know he did a race at Super Formula for definite, but only one. Um, and he's done. He's done European Formula Three, but not this season. 
Um, That's where I've seen him. Yeah. European Formula Three. Um, yes. But he's doing. I think he's doing Macau. I read the. Yeah, I believe list. he is. I'm pretty sure he's doing Macau this yeah, year. Yeah, he's done. He's he's done it in the past as well. And as far as I know, he's down for doing it this year as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's also competed in the World Endurance Championship this season. Yes, he's done all sorts of these actually. He did a bit of Super Formula. He's done a bit of IndyCar. He's done a bit of NASCAR. Um, Formula Three. He's done all sorts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, interesting how he does. Um, I also will assume that means Haas have uh, cut their ties with um, Ferrucci, who uh, was ejected from Formula yeah, Two in um, fairly yeah, disgraceful circumstances the last less season. Said about him, the better. Mm. Yes, let's draw a line to that and probably never mention him again on the podcast. Um, another guy getting a test and reserve role is uh, Sergio Sete Camera. Uh, who has got the role at McLaren? Um, he's currently he is currently in F two. Yes. Um, he's kind of he goes under the radar a little bit, given that everyone talks about Norris and Russell this season. I think he's he's done a few seasons in F two, and at least a couple, I think. No, nope, that's not true. This is his first. No, no, it's, no, sorry, it's, it's his, his second, second season. Second season. Um, yeah. yeah, he had a he had a okay first year last year, and then this year. I think it's weird because I don't remember him picking up a win, but he's had a lot of podiums. Actually, you're right, yeah. He's had, he's had loads of podiums, but lots no of second. He had a really good drive at Hungary while we were there in the second yeah. race. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's decent. And he's done decent in European Formula 3 and stuff and Macau and stuff like that. Similar similar sort of backgrounds fit Apaldi in, in a lot of ways, um, just mm. already a little just bit further ahead. The road. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a decent young driver. It's good to see him getting, uh, hopefully, getting some time uh, in F1 machinery. I, I would assume we're going to see a lot of these names in the uh, postseason Abu Dhabi young driver test. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then finally, it's been reported today that um, a deal at Williams for uh, Robert Kubica is uh, imminent. Apparently, um, mm. they're just finalising stuff. Uh, I feel like we've heard this same bit of news a couple of times over the last couple of years but here we are again um obviously that would mean Ocon missing out um depending on what you read Ocon is going to get a reserve and test role at some combination of Williams and or Mercedes and or Force India to uh <laughs> tide him over for a year until I can find him a new seat um He's I not mean, himself any favors this weekend does he unfortunately no not, not really his stock's definitely gone down a little bit this weekend uh, I mean, we've said plenty of times before, it'll be really nice to see uh, Kubica back in a car. Um, uh, hopefully, it'll be a slightly better Williams than it has this year if he does get that seat. Yeah. Um, but then again, to allude back to what we said a week or two ago, I would put more faith in that driver pairing helping to develop a car and move that team forward than uh, the drivers they've had the last season or two. Mm. Um, just on development of next season's cars, um, I heard a rumour that the Red Bull um, have more or less gained back all of the downforce that they've lost and no one else has. Interesting. I mean, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Red Bull, isn't it? They, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're good at so that sort of thing. They might may have found a loophole, but um, watch this space. We'll see what happens next season, I guess. Love a good loophole. 2009 yeah. all over again. Yep. Uh, shall we quickly wrap up predictions? Because I don't think it's going to take long to cover predictions <laughs> yeah. this week. Not for us, at least. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for us, there was literally a solitary point between all three of us, which was me predicting a Hamilton pull, <laughs> and that was it. Um, was that the wooden spoon hitting a pan in the background then? It sounded like you did. <laughs> <laughs> what was that <laughs> in reality? It was... It was me doing a terrible job of closing my drinks bottle. <laughs> ah, interesting. Um, instead, we'll talk about the listeners and the participants because they did a far better job than us in most cases. Uh, this week's winner was Jim Bob Blair, who got three points for getting a Hamilton win, an Ericsson as first DNF, and uh, a random driver in Fernando Alonso. Uh, finishing in 17th um, only one other person got that who was Dominic Poole um, and only a couple of people went as high as 18 finishes as well uh, that was Phil Mark and Bradley Lever so kudos to you guys as well um, very low scoring so week to be honest all around um, so in terms of the actual standings overall that leaves us with Oleg Sidorov at the top on 31.5 
Uh, closely followed behind by Dominic Poole on 28.5, and then even closer still is Henrik Lindhoff behind him on 27. Um, All to play for at the top. Yeah. The, still a, open for the championship. A good then. week for Dominic. Could see him catch your legs. So it's been interesting to see how that ends this weekend. Well, next weekend. Yeah, going down to the last race. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of us, Stu is on 11th in with 22 points. I am just behind him 13th with 21 points. Uh, Real me in. And then um, Chris is... A th- You've not really made any progress, have you? You can't have because you didn't score points, but you're better than you were no. early in the season. You're 33rd with 14 and a half points. Um, did that Slive score this week? That's the question for you, I it's guess. It's a very good question. The answer is yes, they scored a solitary point Ooh, for. Dear, that puts them two ahead of me, I think, now. Yep, yeah, they got the Lewis Hamilton win, but that was all. So oh, I need a very good Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what happens if you draw? Rock, paper, scissors. I don't know. We'll figure that out if we get there. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously we'll open predictions uh, next week uh, when we do the Abu Dhabi preview. Uh, if you're listening to this and have never, ever got involved and are thinking that you've missed out, it's not too late because we have a prize every week. You can get five out of five. So by all means, join us next week uh, and join us for next season as well. Uh, there's also our uh, fantasy league on f1.com. Um, you can just find that by searching for back of the grid f1 podcast um it's quite a few people now so if you've already got a decent team you can probably drop in uh be at least me probably all three of us mm-hmm. um if you want to get in touch with anything uh you can find us on twitter at back of the grid f1 we're also on facebook just search for back of the grid uh same on instagram or our website is back of the grid.com uh don't forget to like and share and subscribe wherever you uh talk to us and download the podcast it is extremely helpful and that is everything for this week, I think. So until next time, thanks for joining us and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. This precision equipment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>